I think I write for people to relate to my work, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. it makes me feel good if somebody sits there and is like, wow, I really felt that. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Creative Creative Writings <laughs> Podcast, <laughs> Authors Anonymous. Today, we actually have three guests, or anyway. Co-hosts. <laughs> I'm Nico. I'm a co-host. I uh, just want to thank you all for letting me be on here. Anytime, Nico. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Michaela. Oh. <laughs> 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 yep, I've I've been on a couple of episodes before, so y'all know me. <laughs> oh, and um, I'm Phoenix. I uh, I mostly edit uh, the episodes, so yes, she's our behind the scenes worker. <laughs> yes, she works harder on this podcast than any of us. <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're gonna read two different pieces: mm-hmm. one from Phoenix and one actually from myself. So I guess I'm going to step back from my hosting position <laughs> and be a guest for a portion of today. Um, as we get started, Phoenix, would you like to read your piece? Oh, okay. And uh, introduce it. Yeah. My piece is called Fair and Daisy. Foul stench during lover's month, my lovely pet that I must squeeze, back into life for you to eat and run. The releasing of liquids, my own blood mixed with the dobers, tears and cuts and leftover food. What use is it for me to eat, if not to enjoy the soothing chase, but to fill one up with fat and crap? No one sees your twisted insides. No one sees my bruises and scars. The filled bowl will be eaten and cleaned, finished at the start of fright, when fear is no more. Only the silence of an empty home. That was amazing. That was wow. a really good poem. I'm so excited to dive in. To <laughs> like yeah, I'm really excited to ask you questions about this. Okay. This is going to be really good. Get closer. So, um, what headspace were you in when you wrote this? I know, like, a lot of times writers have to be in a certain, like, mindset to write a certain type of style. Is there a certain, like, way you were feeling when you wrote this? I was, like, a bit depressed, I guess. (laughs) Um, So, uh, the big deal was, like, um, in... in October of that year, um, my dog Daisy died. Um, like we couldn't, like we couldn't afford the treatment that we had for. Her. And that treatment, mm-hmm. um, like her stomach was twisting, and so Oof. we couldn't um, get get the money for it to untwist. And we couldn't. And even if we did get them, had the money for it, she would still have died. And in February, my dog Pharaoh died, and I wasn't able to be there. Um, I had pr- um, crew practice, and so after that, um, I started getting like, like I like really bad stomach aches, and like I stopped eating for a while. Oh, wow. And that was my in my sophomore year, th- like when co- COVID um, began in March, and so like along with that, I just like oh sorry, <laughs> um, I just like completely felt numb. And what was your relationship like with your dogs? Like, what did they mean to you? Were they a huge part of your lives? Yeah, I had them, um, like, ever since I was, like, five. Mm. And dogs have been in my life, um, like, my whole life, because my parents were like, oh, dogs are for responsibility. And, um, like, I had this one dog named Zynga, who 
who died when I was five. But like, of course, I didn't understand because my mom was like, oh, she left. And you know how like when people leave? Yeah, this dog's gone forever. Mm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So experiencing their deaths now, like sort of sort of changed my perspective on it a bit. Mm-hmm. Like how so? How did it like change your perspective? Because I was, well, I was able to um, to approach it in a more mature way, like especially since um, I couldn't, I couldn't go to my um, my last dogs. Um, uh, I couldn't go to the vet with him since I was doing something important. I was doing sports. And the connection between, you said your dog died because his stomach was twisted and then you had your own stomach aches yourself. What do you think that connection was there? I guess I felt like it was my fault. <laughs> mm. for, like for like no reason. Like, um, I get that. I just like wasn't there for it. Like I felt like because I wasn't there for him, I needed to be punished. Mm-hmm. So Phoenix, this is obviously um, a very emotional piece for you. Um, how is it different from your other types of writings? I guess um, most of my writings have like a li- little bits of happiness in, in them. Like, um, like I have like most of my writings are mostly prose, really, and I don't really do poetry that often unless it was it was like really depressing. Um, and I have in I don't really deal with animals that much in my in my writing. I usually go in like the little things that people do, like uh, holding hands or like grouping up together. Oh, okay. Yeah. And was was writing this therapeutic for you in accepting their death? And yeah, yeah. So I had I actually had my mom read it. Mm. So. Did she feel the same way? Yeah, that reading it felt yeah. So I know there are a lot of writers out there who write about death and many of them write about losing an animal. Um, what do you think sets your piece apart from other writings that some would consider similar to it? I guess um, the implications of the months that I put in. I did, like, um, during Lover's Month and the start of Fright, because I felt like the months to me were, like, really important. Especially, um, sorry, let me just wipe this off. I need to just... Um, especially since this was made during the school year, like, months are very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, October, there, there's a lot of um, scary times, and one of the biggest scary, the, the biggest thing that was scary to me at the time was losing my dog. Yeah. And then it was having my other dog die during February. It it hurt me because, um, <laughs> sorry. Oh, no, take your time, take your time. Um, um, it hurt me, it hurt me because I lost something that I loved, and, like, I just sort of lost all that feeling at that moment. All right, well, thank you so much for... Th- Thank you so much, Phoenix, for talking about your piece. I know this must have been very hard for you. I'm sorry for your loss. I think we all are. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, I'd love to move into Alana's piece. Yes. <laughs> um, Alana, would you love to 
like to read your piece for us? Yeah, it's called A Moth or a Butterfly. There's an immortal caterpillar squirming, desperately fighting to be freed from the anger of my tongue, leaving my mouth sore and scarred from battling each time I wish to speak. The weight of the words that that graze the roof of its home curse the existence of the creature, to live stagnant and undeveloped, frozen, only a phrase away from freedom at the tip of my tongue. Those who notice the lump under my jaw offer support with thoughtless juxtaposed slogans, force words to grant their own peace of mind. Are you okay? What's wrong with you? Then wordlessly beg I follow their script and freed them, free them from the burden of truth. I'm fine. Another victory. I don't blame those few. I too tremble at uncertainty. Because who's to tell if I lifted the curse and allowed the cocoon to form if I'd release a butterfly, one that brought life to starving flowers like fairy dust by donating a piece of itself to another's core? Or if my hostile companion would turn into a dreaded pest drawn to the light of one's home, the moth one lets in by mistake, then throws out the back door when finally caught. Wow. I really like this piece. Yeah. I, I know like personally. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know personally for me, I can relate entirely to exactly what you're describing here. Kind of having this, you know, this cocoon almost of just almost like a cat's got your tongue. Like you want, you want to be able to let, you know, you want to be able to cry out to people and be like, hey, I'm not okay. I'm not, I'm not doing well. But there's something that's just holding you back and you just can't get the words out. And I think that this is a beautiful piece that really describes that. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Is there like any experience you were going through that made you write this? Or was this just like, I've felt this a few times. Let me get it well, out. Well, yeah, there was actually kind of an event that sparked it. So I had a pretty bad injury, knocked me out of my sport for about a year. And, you know, of course, my teammates were checking in on me, like, of how course. are you? Like, how are you doing? But mm-hmm. after a com- couple of months, you know, they ask and you don't want to be annoying and mm-hmm. you feel like they don't actually want to hear how you're doing. Mm-hmm. So you give them the answer that you think that they want to hear. I'm fine because they don't really want to right. yeah. listen to all of your problems and they don't actually want to know how you're doing. Yeah. They just want to ask it so they feel better about right. themselves. They almost are asking out of like courtesy right. and to just kind of, I don't know, maintain a relationship that's almost one-sided. Exactly. A- like asking out of obligation instead of asking out of kindness. or concern. Exactly. So this writing, um, obviously you were experiencing... Uh, strong emotions while writing it um is this like any different from any of your other styles of writing um if so like what do you think like is different I think this specifically was different because this was something I actually experienced and something that was inspired by a specific event I think a lot of my work I experiment with and I write about things I actually haven't experienced and this was just pretty personal to me because I had actually felt this way. So this being a writing you've actually ex- experienced, do you think it's like because you've experienced it, you were able to write better? or? Make yeah, it was definitely much easier to just let the words flow. Yeah, yeah I And because usually I'm struggling to make up a phrase, and mm-hmm. but this was a lot more train of thought. I'm pouring my, my heart out into this poem. Did you write this piece in like one sitting or was it kind of over a period of time where you kind of came back to it if um, another event happened that kind of sparked that that same emotion? Mm. I think 
Well, I think I came back to it more because at first I was writing this and I was like, this is awful. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm just going to scratch this because it was upsetting to me that I didn't like it at first because I really did want to convey this emotion mm-hmm. and I really did want to feel like better by writing this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I did come back to it a few times. Yeah. And so I like that you kind of touched on how writing this out made you feel better. It really ties into Phoenix's piece and how, you know, using creative writing as a means of catharsis and being able to cope with these huge, heavy emotions. Oh, uh, have you ever had anyone close to you or related to you read this? Oh, I actually don't think so. It's you in had me read it. I did. <laughs> well, yeah, y'all have read it. It's in the. It's either in Siren or Megalodon too. Oh, okay. Go but read Siren or Megalodon. Yeah, you guys yeah. should Siren and read Megalodon. It. Read it. Go read it. But other than that, I'm. I was kind of afraid to, I guess. Uh, I mean, it does. It does feel like a little bit fearful, especially like this is a part of you. Right. Exactly. The vulnerability mm-hmm. of yeah, and I didn't really want people to know I was feeling this way. I don't want people to think I was weak or feel right. bad because they had actually done this to me well you're definitely not weak so yeah. thank you <laughs> if anything being able to write this piece and to open up your armor and really just show that vulnerable that um that soft i guess part of you it's that is pure strength that takes a lot of courage to do and both of these lovely writers have um exhibited that today yeah i think a lot of times strength is um mis mistaken for um seclusion and isolation mm-hmm. and really it's a vulnerability mm-hmm. and being open and saying this is how i feel this hurts this is why i'm sad and a lot of people think strength is not talking about it because right. the more dealing you talk with about it by it, yourself mm-hmm. yeah because the more you talk about it only makes you weaker but but at the end it will like help you grow from it and become stronger Mm -hmm. strength is vulnerability Mm -hmm. strength is actually reaching out and getting help and sharing your feelings i believe and it's it's hard to come to terms with that and as you get older yeah yeah so this is a question aimed at both phoenix and alana um how do you think you know after writing these pieces and you know, really being vulnerable and opening yourself up to, you know, like I know, Alana, you've submitted this to Siren. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be in the public eye. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's it was read on this podcast. How does that make you feel in your own self-image and like your own inner strength? Well, I'll go ahead, Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, Because <laughs> I, I talked about earlier how I had written pieces that I hadn't, experience about things I hadn't experienced right and I think writing this I think I did that because I was afraid Mm -hmm. of actually putting myself out there and actually being vulnerable but after writing this I definitely was less afraid and I definitely do write more things inspired by events I've experienced and emotions I feel so I know that both of your writings are like very vulnerable um you guys open up a lot and you talk about pain you guys have gone through um Often it's pain that you guys are going to live with your entire life. Um, if Because other people are going to see this, and then there are people who might be able to relate to your writings. If so, 
what kind what do you want them to take away from your writing as in like the meaning or any lessons they can learn from it mm. i guess um for my poem i feel like someone should try not to feel any guilt like like if you um have someone die um um close to you and you're suddenly like feeling a f- like a phantom sickness that that it's okay to um to feel that but like you you shouldn't have to yeah and bouncing off of that i i think i don't think you should have to say i'm fine i think you should feel comfortable in your friends and your relationships to actually speak about how you're feeling and not feel bad about that or not feel like they're going to be annoyed by that or mm-hmm. think something of you that's not true. Yeah, and I think that um, what you guys are kind of opening up about is almost, it's that final stage of um, the five stages of grief. So there's denial and isolation, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Mm. I think that you both have a level of acceptance for your respective um, events that you're able to talk about them Yes, there's going to be that sadness and that almost emptiness that comes when thinking about these things. But, you know, being able to accept it, it shows that, you know, it's possible to get to a place where you're not grieving all the time. And I think that's a really strong message to send out to people. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I just want to say thank you to Phoenix and Alana for reading out and sharing about those beautiful pieces. Um, Right now, um, everybody here, we wanted to share a couple of quotes that we found that we think really relate to today's episode and were very moving. So, Nico, do you want to read yours first? Um, Tupac said, if you can make it through the night, there's a better day. Um, Tupac's the best, so. (laughs) Good quote. I like it. Alana? Um, I enjoy that we get to the essence of each other. I'm laying it all on the line. You tell me who you are honestly, and I tell you who I am honestly. And if you accept me, you do. And if you don't, you're just not for me. It's as simple as that. I don't know who this is. It says Lauren, but who's Lauren? (laughs) (laughs) Who's Lauren? I don't know. But that's a good quote, so go Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) This quote is by Anonymous. The The irony of grief is that the person you most want to talk to about is no longer here. Oh, oh, wow. Dang. Okay. <laughs> oh, All right, Phoenix. I'm going to be feeling that one heart. after this. No, All right, seriously. Anonymous. <laughs> I was going to say, wow. I'm going to be thinking about that even after we're done recording. Wow. Sure. It fits too, because, you know, Authors Anonymous. Yeah. Written by truth. Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> I made up that title, by the way. <laughs> um, excuse me. Yeah. You wanted Nico to go with sh- Writers Anonymous? It, I said anyways, artists anonymous. Still alliteration. <laughs> so the last quote is um, from the Better Man Project, and it is, vulnerability is terrifying. The courage it takes to reveal your heart is one of the most daunting and yet rewarding experiences in life. It will set you free. Yeah, mm, I like that one. Mm. Let creative writing set you free. That's a beautiful saying. Authors Anonymous, out. (laughs)
Bye. We have to say thank you for listening. Oh, okay. oh thank you for listening. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. For, thank, thank you, you for guys listening. for listening. Thank listening. you all so much for listening. I know I had a great time reading my piece in Phoenix. I'm sure you did as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on thank our you. behind the scenes. Uh, this was wild. Thank you for having this me. This was a great conversation. Yeah. And thank you all for listening again. Yeah, thank you guys so much. See y'all. Bye. Bye. Authors Anonymous <laughs> out. Lana's newest podcast. Stop, Michaela. Just in case you feel the same, it is amazing. Oh my and god, it is so <laughs> good. You are like, it's such a relatable podcast.